Hit it. Hey, how you doing? Hey, where you been? Three girls talking about a lot of love and sin. And there's someone sitting next to us. Who that freaking man? It's ooh, oh, oh. It's Keith. <laughs> Whoa. Welcome to Three Girls, One Keith. Today, we're going to talk about money. Ching. Cash money. Can we can we have an honest, real going around saying like the brokest moment of our life where we knew we were the brokest and just be honest about it? Okay. I'll start. Okay. <laughs> well, there's many, but yeah. But when I was in college, I just started donating plasma. And I no! remember <laughs> yeah, mm. <laughs> just to buy like macaroni and cheese and stuff. I mean, I was at college, so I guess you can kind of expect that kind of behavior, but I did it many times. How much would you get for that sweet plasma? Oh, like 30 bucks, I think, or maybe 18. I can't remember. And like a cup of juice and a cookie? Yeah. I'm so like such a a sissy when it comes to like blood and guts and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Always fainting, always passing out. But for enough money to go out and get myself a couple beers, it was worth it. You know what I'm saying? If you knew me back then, the brokers I've ever been and needed money, I went to the bank with a roll of pennies and a bag full of pennies. Oh, hell oh, yeah. yeah. We've all been oh, there. Yeah. Are you serious? I mean, yeah. I had a big bag of pennies. Penny Arcade. I got and a bag ready bank. for the bank right now. Some <laughs> sweet coins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I dump all the pennies out. Yeah. And a woman yelled at me, we don't accept pennies here. Everybody, Ouch city. Are you just sponging off a woman at this time? Like, how are you paying <laughs> the bills? I just got your number. <laughs> he was living off that woman that, that he pretended to. <laughs> of course he you was. Said it, you said you lived with some woman for yeah. four years. Yes. Just because she had a nice apartment. Absolutely. <laughs> but the worst, the worst shame I had, like, I used to live next to this pizza place. But when you have to start showing up with the dimes and the nickels to pay for your slice of pizza, oh, God, it hurts. But it's a bad feel. Well, when you got to go to Coinstar, that's when you know things are going too good. Enough or people go you, to like, Coinstar. Really overestimated the number of the, <laughs> the Coinstar. Yeah, yeah. Or you start like spending the money before you tally up the Coinstar. You're like, that's probably about uh, $500 in there. I'll just, oh, yeah. And I'll get hurts. these shoes oh, or whatever. God. Nice. <laughs> I still feel guilty because I bounced a check for my friend's wedding. And she, what? Yeah. Oh, what oh, a oh, bitch. Oh. I'm for sorry. like a bridesmaid. I'm doing that she? for your wedding, right? <laughs> I had like $4.29 $4. left in my bank account or whatever. And That's I, what not you, even enough to take out, right? Right. So what you do, you write a check to yourself, mm-hmm. put it in there. And you can take it out. That's literally a federal offense. (laughs) Jesus, say it loud. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm crying. I don't want my friend to go to jail again. At one time, I had to pay child support, and I went to jail for a good day. In a deadbeat dad? Tracy put you in the slammer? No, I wasn't a deadbeat dad. I just went to jail because they they made a mistake. They said I owed $30,000. Wow. And I went down there to get them straight. And then when I went down there to the court, the judge, like, he called Esty on the phone. Esty's the booker for the seller. For the uh-huh. booker for the seller. And she said, uh, she said he, the judge asked her, well, how much is he making? He, she said, oh, he's making 100 He said, that's not enough. He won't be there tonight. And then I'm like, what? I'm listening to him. And then he said, you are remanded. I'm like, and I asked the two security guys that came next to me, what's that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Remanded means you're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Remanded sounds fancy. That sounds it like does. you're going to Napa Valley. That's or why I said Remanded. Remanded today. And I walked past the judge, and I said, I'll be out tomorrow. 
And it just he said, should have locked you up for another <laughs> week just for saying that got... shit. <laughs> and it just like, oh yeah. I say yeah, but I was out tomorrow, the next wow. day. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were gonna be in contempt of court. No. I, I sometimes wish I could hold you in contempt. Of <laughs> well, how much oh, did man. you have? I didn't know anything. But they took my shoestrings and all that stuff. Wow, like, so um, you don't like hang yourself or own yeah. 30K? You could never but, figure out how to kill yourself with your shoelaces. Well, if I, I could have just talked to them. I can't hang myself now. My arm is bad. I need help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my no. friend Julie used to tell me if you didn't have $20 in the bank, but you had like $17, you'd go to the Chase Bank on 72nd Street because they give out $10 bills. Uh, <laughs> oh I know that I, I've been there. Many a time we don't have that 20. I remember I did this gig and I had to, I can't remember, I think it was in South Carolina. I took the train all the way there. I get to the gig. My phone died. I didn't have enough money in the bank to take a cab. So I I just approached these guys that were sitting in the parking lot, asked them if they would take me to my gig. And I was really sick and I couldn't stop coughing and coughing and coughing. I had that kind of cough that's like suspicious where people don't trust you. No one cares about you anymore. It's, just, sure. it's a trust like issue. Like even your friends and family yeah. are like, you're out of my life. And nobody said like, are you all right? Or like, cause they were, they were suspicious of me. They were just like, oh, we picked up a diseased one. You know, this is a bad apple. And then I realized I was going to cough so much. I was going to puke and I had to be on stage in like an hour. So I have my brand new suede jacket and I took it off and I puked in my jacket in the car, uh, puked in the jacket. No one said anything. They watched me puke in my own jacket, folded up really like a princess. This really makes people not want to pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to rape you until you started hurling in your own clothes. I saved myself from a raping. That's absolutely true. <laughs> Okay, my story is like so white privilege. I feel deeply ashamed, but I am going to share my genuine experience with you. I was like rich when we were kids. Like my family had a lot of money. And then when I was about nine or 10, they went bankrupt, like real bankrupt, you know? First of all, we moved from a very big house into a very small house. We pulled up and I said, that looks like a television, like, because it was a ranch <laughs> house. It was just... But the way I could really tell was through the quality of my birthday parties. We had a, a yeah. farm party. We had like a farm birthday party when we had money. There were horses and ponies and chickens. And, you know, <laughs> uh, we brought a farm to affluent Long Island. And then the next year, I had a party called Amy's Dancing on the Ceiling. And it was that song, Dancing on the Ceiling. And all my dad did was flip upside down his video camera and we all kind of danced around a light fixture oh. in in our living room. Oh. How far they fall? It was like Ouch. <laughs> oh, well, you got Edamon's cake. Oh yeah, <laughs> <Not a> big... <laughs> bring your own pizza. Uh. Oh my god, we used to go to Food for Less, and my mom and Mark, we would walk to like where they had the fried chicken and the prepared foods, mm -hmm. and we would go and we'd take like a basket of whatever and just eat it all, and then throw away the box, and that was our dinner. And then we get our groceries, <laughs> and I'd be like, Mom, we didn't pay for this. Shut up. <laughs> I like that. I like your mom. That's good. I, I love That's Bridget's tough. mom. I remember I got a sheriff sticker on my apartment to get out of the premises. <laughs> oh, for to evicting. But you it. can't get that. That that sticker off your door, no matter what you do. Yeah, you that's the point. That's what they do. <laughs> it's like get that fuck out, take your shit with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was roommates with uh, Sherrod Small. We just started stand up. Our, oh, you were broke. I was broke, broke. But our our apartment there was like a deep sadness to it. But we used to call it squalor because we lived in squalor. So we would just refer to it casually, though. He'd just be like, I'll "Meet you back at squalor." I'd be like, "Be at squalor in an hour." <laughs> yeah. When I started stand up, I was very, very broke, and it it was it's like. 
for most open mics when I started, it was like five bucks to do an open mic. And I didn't have it. Somebody would have to spot me. And then they'd be like, do you want a drink? And I'd be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Why is Keith a bad person? Oh, what you gonna do this time? Uh, let me tell you what evil thing Keith would do. Keith would invite the new comedian out to dinner. Big, nice, fat, sweet dinner. <laughs> Keith, Colin Quinn, everybody, the new kids thinking like, I'm in now. I'm in. I made it. I got invited to a fine dinner with the headliners. And then uh, they would wait till the kid went to the bathroom and all slowly leave him with a $400 bill. Or Literally driving bill. people into homelessness. Yeah. <laughs> What was a time when you like, you got this like check and it seemed like a million dollars to you? The first time I was going to perform at a college and I was going to be paid $800 to do an hour. Now $800, you know, I use $800 toilet paper. No, I'm just kidding. No, but you know what I mean? Like, but that amount of money, like at the time I was like... I'm Bill Gates. Like I, I was running around my apartment doing suicides in the apartment, screaming because I couldn't believe it. You know, just working, waiting tables so long, whatever. And it just, nothing has ever felt like that initial eight hundred dollars. Well, I remember more like the time when I finally thought that I was making enough money to quit waiting tables, and like the victory of that, and Mm -hmm. like the one cool restaurant manager I had, she's like, you know, I think maybe you shouldn't come back. I was like, I think you're right. And then I like went and did a show at Joe's pub that night and how I told everybody and how electric that moment felt. And I think I was there. And then just like never turning back. Yeah. And like, no, I, I do deserve to be making money this way. So just let, like let the chains go. And yeah. once you sort of believe that you're worth making that kind of money or worth living that kind of way, then it can happen. When I got those sweet checks from star search, even though I lost, I, I would get $5,000 checks and this. Damn. Yeah. And that was some big juicy checks after all the uh, stuff that came through. It was like, oh man, this is really good. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. You did not deserve that. Um, <laughs> what about you guys? Are you thinking of anything? When you get that sweet check and you put it in and you're just like, get off my dick, world. Everybody <laughs> suck my dick. So today we have such an amazing guest who is a New York Times bestselling author. That's right. She is the founder of Good Plus Foundation, where they use the power of donated goods and transformational services to break the cycle of family poverty. And also, she's our good friend. That's right. It's Mrs. Jessica Seinfeld. Yes. Woo! Oh, man. Yes. Although when I got to Spotify, yeah. um, they asked me at my name at the front door and yeah. they said, oh, yeah, Jessica Simpson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're on seven. You're Jess Simpson. <laughs> oh, poor Jess Simpson. Congratulations. <laughs> she must be like, oh. We were talking about sort of the richest and poorest we ever were. Like, I have a good one sitting what? in the vestibule of a, of a Chase Manhattan bank with $24 in my bank account. Yes. And I think there was a limit you couldn't take out. Yeah. yeah. You, couldn't, you couldn't go below $20. So right. I couldn't get any money out. And so I lived on my friend's sofa for a week. And you're just like staring at that $24 in the bank. Like, <laughs> yeah. hi, hi, I, I can't get there. Right. I could live I, off this $4 a day. Um, what Keith did was a federal offense, which is it wasn't a federal offense. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> forged checks are federal offenses. I wrote a check to myself and then it shows up and then you take the money out. 
You, gifted himself five with, days, right? <laughs> oh, wow. You really know how many days. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah. I have been working since I was five. Yeah. I had three jobs in college. Always stressed about money and never unsure that I wouldn't be homeless one day. You like assumed you'd be homeless. I'll You're be like, homeless. So when I'm homeless, I wonder what street point. I'll be yeah. homeless It's hard on. to yeah. shake that feeling. Like when you grow up with not a lot of money or security, it's like it's just one paycheck away from like just doomsday. This is right. all yeah. Yeah. This Or I'll yeah. never yeah. do another show. That's yeah. why every comic will still do a show for $50. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about Good Plus? We are in New York and Los Angeles, and we have a few scattered programs across the country, but every place in this country has single parents, and they all need help in some way or another. And so I got married, and all of a sudden, I'm not struggling, and I think that really propelled me to collect tons and tons and tons of baby gear and equipment and items for families in need in New York. What I learned early on is you can give these things away to families in need and they will go to the right place. But to really make systemic change and really support people is to pair diapers and strollers and cribs with structured classes where people are being supported by healthcare facilitators and social workers. And so people get their GEDs and people get financial literacy and people get anger management classes and parent parental training. When can really. we enroll Keith? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bridget and I are interested in the financial, financial literacy. I need three I'm, of them I'm very big on the I'm anger management class. Oh, yeah, I'll be in anger management. <laughs> so I started doing that very early on um, with Good Plus Foundation, which is taking tangible items and pairing them with transformational services and education and support. And so that's been going great for, for many, many years. But in, let's say, about 2010, I started to really pay attention to this pattern we were seeing, which is so many of our goods are going to single mothers. And I kept thinking to myself, there must be a way to support single moms. Rachel's parents are still together, but we had yeah. single moms growing up. I think that's also why I wow. connected to it so much. Wow. Yeah. This is what we have to build is, is the infrastructure around fatherhood programs which don't exist. So I started thinking about how do we factor fathers in in a different way. And I think there's a really interesting bias against men. Like if you think about in comedy, jokes about fathers are always like, oh, they're so inept. D or deadbeats. Deadbeats. Yeah. What are other things people have called you, Keith? <laughs> I've been talking to a very large corporation and they were telling me how women go to the aisle of health and baby care items and buy diapers and baby wipes and creams and all those things. Dads go to the aisle and buy diapers and then they go get beer. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought that was really fascinating. <laughs> and, and a sort of a commentary about... Um, what I'm thinking about mm -hmm. all the time, which is to not assume that men who grew up without a father can come into the role of being a father and know how to do it. There are some who are amazing at it. There are many that aren't. And so a lot of times when a man becomes a father and he has had no experience right. with being nurtured by a role model or a father. He's, he's set up to fail. He's set up to fail. And yeah, our expectations are that in this country, men should just 
fall into that role and start making money. Yeah. You're supposed to take care of everything. You're the man of the house. You got to take care. It's a 1950s right. television yeah. sitcom. sitcom. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just based on not real life. Yeah. And when they don't have that ability, I feel like they don't have that ability, they take it back a little bit. Sure, there are men in this country who have left and not gone back to their children and not had any relationship with their children. But there are many men that want the opportunity to succeed. They just don't know how to ask for it. And there's no programs for men. Isn't that amazing? There are no other, there are no programs for fathers. For fathers. To say, okay, you haven't seen your child in years. How can we help you connect? And the, a lot of times the mother or the grandmother acts as a gatekeeper and what's gone on in the relationship has been hurtful. Absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, what we find with our guys is that they're looking only for stability. How do they create stability where they never had it, when they have no, you know, social capital or familial capital and they want to connect with their child and they want to have more access and time with their child, but their house isn't set up for it. Like well, my own dad, you know, when they got divorced and he was living in some bachelor pad, he had like a roommate, you know, it, was, it wasn't good. Like we, we, I think we were supposed to sleep over a couple of times and we were like, we just don't want to. And, you know, I think something like that would have really helped him. And so once they start going to one of our programs, they get all the training they need. Plus, when they show up week after week, we give them diapers and strollers and clothing and books. And so all of a sudden, the kid has an option and says, I can sleep at dad's house. And what that does for the mother and is just a reprieve, like a one night reprieve. And it gives father confidence. I love that because, you know, when you tell someone you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, they're going to continue that pattern of behavior. And a lot of men don't want to ask for help and they don't know how to ask for help or culturally it's not the right thing to ask for help. And you think about that kind of shame that somebody might have, like they're trying to get a job, but then you find out like somebody got out of, my mom's a social worker and she was saying like one of her clients, like they got out of prison and he got this jail a job as a security guard somewhere but you had to pay for your own uniform so then he he can't afford so he doesn't get the job but we don't see those first attempts there are so many things working against so many men in this country then you factor in that you haven't had a father or a role model my father did you know die when i was 10 years old sorry for your loss sorry (laughs) for your loss sorry for your loss this is so uncomfortable (laughs) I I need to get out of here I mean I told you this is a bad podcast why am I here one of the things that we keep seeing is that the fathers they sit in a room with men who failed just like them and they've never had a real family or they've never had a you know, a continuous group of people behind them that they can rely on. It's so powerful and moving to see these men open up to each other in a room. Their children become friends because the children get to go to classes while the fathers are in their own classes. And then the fathers are so supported and start contributing so much to the household that the mother changes her, you know, attitude about the guy. And we get to take these guys to Disneyland and the guy gets to offer this to his co-parent and say, like, do you want to come with us for the day to go to Disneyland? Or How impressive is that? Like, look what I got. Yeah, I can do this for us. And then the kid looks at the dad like he's a hero. The mother's whole attitude starts to change. You know, we have so many families for the first time they go to Disneyland. They've never left their neighborhood. Right. And so the dad is providing in so many different ways. So it's really um, extraordinary to experience and see. 
That's very important what you're doing because it gives people hope. Yeah, and, and we're looking for are. other people who are doing this and no one else is doing it. And so I <laughs> feel like... wants a break, but no one else is doing <laughs> it. So. I, I love it, though. I've never seen you this excited about no, it, I guess, because honestly. I like what she's doing. That's, I know. That's important. I, I realized cool. the importance of it. Thank you. Yeah. That they means don't. a lot to me. What do you oh, mean? She does. does. I think everyone's had a father. How dare you? Whether they have a relationship with their father yeah. or not, or they know their father or not, the idea of a father exists to them. And your yes. relationship to that defines your life in a lot of ways. And yes. every study will show you that if a child has a father in his or her life in some way, you are on a more positive trajectory. Right. So many children in this country grow up with one parent and there are so many success stories and it's totally doable, but why not make it easier and perhaps better? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Your capability of empathy is is like a little more than than most people that I've met. It's one thing you know, to just sit in a, to sit in a place of like a, a privilege and to think about others, but to put it into action is a whole other ball game, and it's very admirable. And, and uh, we're not complimenting yeah. you; like we think something's wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, like, there level. is something wrong because I haven't stopped seventeen years later. Yeah. So it's the best purpose I could possibly have, and I actually feel psyched to be waking up every morning and having incredible purpose. But it is weird to be the one doing something like this, but it came so naturally yeah. in that we kept saying like, there has to be another way to help single mothers or single fathers. We have a ton of single fathers. Many women go to jail. Many women, women fall into gang life. We have tons of dads who are single dads who are amazing. There's a single dad. I, I always tell Jerry, I'm like, mm. <laughs> Thomas would uh, make his son do that, you know, because Jerry's come right. to these classes with me and yeah. he is pretty astounded by. He's the, learning. He's learning. He could learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just signed you up. <laughs> learning annex. We signed you up. Let's do a pound it or pass. Do you want to pound it or do you want to pass? Pass. Do you want to pound it or do you want to pass? Pound it. Javier, you beautiful uh, kitty cat. I'll pound Javier. Okay. Javier's sexy, a beautiful cat. And, and yeah, very standoffish. First oh. of all, that is my... Your soul. Chris, Chris, Chris Rock did a really funny thing. He said, Jerry, can you imagine that one day your wife is going to be sitting here with some other guy because you're so old. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, are you insane? This house is going to be filled with 200 cats. Uh -huh. The minute no question. that nail in the coffin. <laughs> no question. A truckload of cats is going to arrive at my house. You're already slowly doing it just under his nose. Like he cares Definitely Javier is... Javier's just his pride and joy. It's her He's cat. my pound she because him around he keeps me wanting part. him so much. He, he plays the game. He does it right. He knows. And by accident, I like touch his penis. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Paco's too available. Yeah. It's not sexy. <laughs> Are you guys going to pound Jess's cat or what? I'm going to take him to a beach in Tel Aviv. We're going to have a sweet weekend. <laughs> Disco. Romance. <laughs> I love this, right? Oh my God. I'm going to get some of those new Lionel Richie sheets from JCPenney and I'm going to get Javier and uh, and the other one just to watch. And we're just going to listen to little Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling and that makes some sweet, 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 Ooh, sweet love. That's a great birthday party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
You know what? I'm going to have my way with Javier. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this is the first so animal pounded <laughs> This is maybe our best one. Kev, are you going to pound Javier? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pound Javier. Oh, I love Javier's that. Javier's going to have a busy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best way for people to help or to, uh, you know, get get help? Um, goodplusfoundation.org. And it's very easy. Goodplusfoundation.org or my Instagram. It's on there somewhere. Cool, 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 cool. Um, all right. Well, we want to really thank our guests. Uh-huh. I just want to personally thank you for truly just making my life better in ways you don't even know. Thank you. In some ways you do know. And thank you. You're welcome. Um, all right. Is there anything else to say about it that no? You feel, just like, I'm good. please get me out of here. All right. I love you very much. Thank I love you. you too. Bye. Why is Keith a bad person? Oh, what you gonna do this time? When it comes to um, Keith, if we're talking about women and women's needs, that's when he falls asleep. But if it comes to a man and a man's <laughs> needs, he's on the edge of his seat. <laughs> and what he right. can get, what like what sort of like you're gonna sign up for those classes just so you can get some strollers just to have them. You know, he just, <laughs> just he sat up so, so right. tall in his chair, his posture improved. <laughs> Keith, what did you learn today? You were so engaged. It was so what cool. I, I, I learned about the fathers. That they're getting help now. It's an amazing thing. It seems like it's like crazy that that didn't already exist. You know, it's good. You know, helping them when they, you know, get in trouble, get out of trouble, and just a little self-esteem. Yeah, just a little boost, a little help. Little boost. Can we get a little help these days? Do you think there's like an opposing organization that exists? Yeah, I'm like sure. Like yeah, help cold. somebody get like fake passports and get the fuck yeah, out of Yeah, that's town what or... I think we should start that. Oh, one. absolutely. <laughs> Just getting dads it's called out of good town. minus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being a dad is difficult because your kid like one or the other better. Like I took my son and daughter to Disney a long time ago. Right, took them to Disney, and my son was acting up at the time. He's young. He's like four years old. He's crying and da da da. And I said, "Look, you better come on with me." And, and but his mom said, "Yeah, you see that you being bad. You want to go with your dad?" And he said, "No, I'll be good." And you're like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'm the one to pay for this shit." Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm the reason you here, you little fucker. That's really hurtful. That's tough. So many people run on ego, and so if your kid like rejects you, even as like an oh. infant, that that rejection they've never felt that before. Somebody no or crying, and they take it personally, and they can't get over it. Your kid loves you. Like, I just, I worship my dad. And he's not a good guy. But I do. I just love him so much. And it's just, you can't help it. You love your dad. So get over it. You know? No, it's not get over it. That hurt my damn feelings. Oh, my God. Suck He'd it rather up. go with his mom and mommy. Somebody keep some shiny <laughs> shoelaces. I'll, I'll set it all up for you. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, like, when you don't have help, mm-hmm. you know, you just put everything on yourself. So to, to hear some... That, that just gets you all the things you stress about and takes all that stress away. It's kind of amazing for mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess I was looking for you to say something I more mean, interesting, but... Well, well, that's like the thing about... Like, like not, the truth? Fucking Miss Universe answer, uh, Kevin. <laughs> we, I well, remember when my dad would come in to tuck me in, that's and I'd nice. be like, oh, usually my, my mom did the tuck-in time. She knew how to do it. My dad would come in and do some weird flailing attempts at tuck-in. I remember seeing my dad, I'm like, no, he's going to fuck this up, you know? 
<laughs> he didn't know how to pull the covers up. We always did a thing at the end of the lullaby where we said the best thing that happened that day. He didn't understand that lullaby section where you sing about the best part of your day. So, yeah, I mean. I'm hurt for you, Dad. My point is dad's bomb sometimes. Sometimes my dad stunk it up at bedtime. But you got to be nice. You got to let it back in. I know I'm just just a lifetime of bomb ahead of me. I just know because because you're out like sweating. Paying for everything and like knowing, like I gotta go work for like two months. We go to we gotta go to New Orleans for like six weeks or yeah. whatever. You know, you're like, oh, that's like a major chunk of her life right now. You know what I mean? Well, like, bring her. What are you talking about? No, no, no. It's a pain in the ass. We're gonna be there for six and weeks. The truth, honey. <laughs> no, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy. <laughs> the end of our second season guys oh uh what did we learn i learned that like everything else this is something you get better at yeah and so we're evolving and getting better and i i hope that we keep doing that i've learned that rachel <laughs> has worked for the same guy over and over again <laughs> Rachel's. I don't know why I said something genuine. I should have just talked about Keith, and I really wish I could turn back time. I learned that um, sometimes by not drinking for a couple days and showing up to do one of these, that I'm more aware, I have more clarity, <laughs> and uh, I can uh, really focus more on uh, the intent and purpose of being here. And I'm going to try to do that for season number three. Thank you so much. Bridge, you had a great <laughs> season. I'll this say it. I think good. we all did. I think this, this no, like, like I'm giving you, you MVP for the season. No, come yes, on. Yes, I, I am. I don't deserve it. I like that. to listen to people's stories, so you don't, need, you, don't, you don't know a lot of this shit unless you sit down. And shut your own yap. I like learning about my my buddies, my my sweet friends. Keith is on the phone ordering Seamless right now. Yeah, Keith's Uber is idling outside. (laughs) I learned that Keith wants this season to be over. (laughs) What'd you learn, Kev? Other than Keith getting raped at gunpoint? Yeah, that was a big big one. That was a big one that really stuck with me. (laughs) We met a Nobel Prize nominee. That was like... Yeah. Really kind of incredible. That was cool. She so, found okay. me on Facebook. Get she must yourself. really love you. I think she wants me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She's interested. I think we took our heads out of our asses this season. Yeah, that's, season. that's a good point. <laughs> they're not totally out of our asses, but they're like peeking out. Like our noses are out of our asses. Well, this season I only fell asleep on one and a half podcasts. Yeah. That's that good. We, that we take. And it was very good. Very good. <laughs> Do you guys think we're going to get a season three? Absolutely not. What? Um, Is everybody coming back? I'll come back. Will you guys come back? I'm coming back. Well, I mean, yeah. We got to negotiate my contract. We'll see. Wow. You've changed <laughs> since the woman's shoe store. All right, you guys, we love you. We're going to go away for a little while, but please come back and join us for season three of season three. Three girls. Season one three. key. Season three. Hey. Season three. Hey. Stay strong. Talk soon. Hey, 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 three girls, one Keith. Three Girls, One Keith is a Spotify original podcast. Our executive producers are me, Amy Schumer, and Kevin Kane. Our executive producers at Spotify are Natalie Tella and Robin Hopkins. Three Girls, One Keith is produced in collaboration with the team at Gilded Audio Design, Andrew Chug, Whitney Donaldson, and Dan Rosato. And by the way, make sure to follow Three Girls, One Keith so you don't miss a single episode. Our guest today. Oh, everybody shut the fuck up, okay? How do people get my phone number? Everybody shut up.
We have an amazing guest today. 